When was the last time that you heard a sermon on hell? If it's like me, it's been quite a while. In fact, you may not remember the last time you heard it preached from the front of your church. Hell seems to be the topic that no one really wants to talk about, unless you're radical or fundamentalist. Those seem to be the places where hell is talked about. We don't seem to discuss it on discipleship courses, we don't seem to discuss it when we're introducing people to the faith, and yet everyone seems to know it is a core belief of Christianity. In fact, for many, it's a belief that stops people from becoming Christians. The big question of how can a loving God send someone to an eternal hell? Some churches do use the language of Spurgeon when saying that if anyone is going to go to hell, it must be over our dead bodies. We must do everything that we can to stop people from going to hell. But do we actually discuss what the Bible says about what hell actually is? You very rarely and are highly unlikely in most churches, at least the various churches I've been part of, well, you're very unlikely to hear the words of people like Jonathan Edwards when, when they say things about sinners being dangled over a pit of fire. But despite this, not many people would deny that hell is an important, if not core, doctrine of Christianity. To insinuate that you might be questioning it, to talk about it in a way that doubts it, often brings people with warning, saying, oh, you can't doubt it, you can't question it, don't let emotion dictate your theology. Now, I found hell uncomfortable. It was more like a, a mild toothache that I could ignore. But it wasn't until I was looking through the bookshelf of a close friend of mine. He reads a lot, and he had a book on there called Rethinking Hell. And I was one of those people that said, are you questioning hell? Uh, don't, don't become a heretic on me, or something along those lines. And he challenged me with John 3.16. Now, if you're not a Christian, if you haven't grown up in the church or around Christians, John 3.16 is the most famous verse in the Bible. And it goes like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So his challenge to me is, well, what does the word perish mean? And does the Bible use a different understanding of the word perish? Or does it use the understanding that most people would assume when they think of someone perishing? And what's your explanation? And maybe you know John 3 and you've looked to the end of the chapter. How do you respond to the phrase, will not see life? And so John 3.36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Now it might be you're like me, and you don't necessarily have an intellectual response, but you know that hell is eternal punishment. You know it. That's what you've been taught, and you've grown up knowing that that's what it is. 
It may be that you've emphasised the uh, God's wrath remains on them and if someone's wrath remains on them they have to be conscious of it. It might be that you've just glossed over the fact that it says they will not see life. It may be that you've looked into this a little bit and you understand that there's a spiritual life and a spiritual death and that's what John is referring to in this point where he's talking about spiritual death where you can actually still exist and be conscious. And that might be the case and that's part of why I have this channel and why I want to dig deeper into this. Now that conversation with my friend was about two and a half years ago, if not a little bit longer, and I've been studying hell for that length of time. Now I, I believe Christianity is true, that is my assumption, I believe the Word of God is in the Bible, and so those are my assumptions. If you don't agree with me or start at that point, I would highly recommend you visit some other channels, because that's where I'm starting from. I'm very fortunate to be surrounded with Christians who have encouraged me to follow where the Bible leads me. And I know that there are many Christians who have been asked to step down from their leadership teams uh, or even asked to leave their church over the doctrine of hell. Now they've been asked to step down because they disagree with the statements of faith those churches have constructed, even though the Bible has shown them that there's something different or there's disagreement with the statement of faith from the Bible itself. So this is quite a serious doctrine. People lose their jobs over it. But it's also a secondary doctrine, so it's a difficult one to press the point too hard, because if you disagree with me, I won't call you a heretic, but it might be there's some of you out there who are already thinking that I might be one, because I'm discussing the idea of questioning an eternal conscious torment as a punishment in hell. Now this is just the introductory video, I cannot lay my case out in this short amount of time, but that's why this channel is set up, is so that I can explore in more detail the different passages that talk about hell that are used to define this important doctrine uh, within Christianity. I want to hear voices from other people that disagree with me. It might be that you hold to a universalist perspective, it might be that you hold to a traditional perspective. I will go into what those words mean and where the key verses those positions use uh, are within the Bible. Now I believe that just as the Reformation brought about a renewed understanding of God's grace, I think the scriptures hold a renewed understanding of God's justice and mercy. This isn't a new view that I'm going to be promoting, but it's a view that has uh, been a sort of minority view across the history of Christianity. But this view is one that I feel best represents God's character, God's love, but also holds in tension his justice and his mercy. It answers the question, why did Jesus die, far better than an internal conscious torment does. And it's a view that I believe brings a renewed sense of awe to, to passages like 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55 that says, Oh death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? In the words of John Wenham, a fairly famous uh, preacher in England, 
He said this when he came to this perspective. From this point onwards I have found I had a new freedom to teach the awesome judgments of God and the perfection of his love without having to represent him as the everlasting torturer. Now I want to be clear, this channel is my own personal journey through this. I'm not a trained Bible scholar, I haven't been in seminary, but I do help lead a church and I have been discipled in how to look at cultural context, how to read the Bible, how to not proof text specific verses to say what I want them to say, but to look at what the author intended and to hear what God is saying through his word. And so I, I hope that as you watch these videos, you will have your Bible open even. I will put text on the screen, but join me in looking through the Bible and seeing what it actually says about God's judgment and what that really looks like. There's more to it than maybe you've realized. And potentially there's less to this eternal conscious torment than you've realized as well. If I'm wrong, I want to know, so please in the comments feel free to disagree, but please do so respectfully. I'm still learning, I'm still wanting to figure out who God is more deeply and seek Him more clearly. So please join me on this journey, but this channel is called The Hell Project. I'm Phil Duncalf, and this is going to be where I defend the view that without Jesus, we're all dead.